When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. <laughs> Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. This morning, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to tackle the thorny issue of immigration. Is it good? Is it bad? Does it work? Is it the cause of all our woes? If you listen to some people, you'd think immigration was dreamed up by someone who wanted to destroy our identity and our communities in this country. Others say the country and its economy would collapse without it. Surely the answer is somewhere in between. Today, the Migration Advisory Committee is telling us that EU immigration hasn't hurt the country at all. I don't agree with them. They say it hasn't become any more difficult to get a job because of it. Can that possibly be true? We want to hear from you this morning on the front line of the jobs market. Has the EU honestly hurt your chances of success and getting a better job? And will you be better off after Brexit in whatever business you are in? Genuinely, we want to hear from you this morning. 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we'll be bringing you the shock news of the day. Apparently, Bert and Ernie aren't gay. Plus, we'll explain how Dawn Lisa managed to get my picture in the Daily Star today. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Dawn Neeson on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, we talk about gender equality an awful lot on this show. We do. Um, and sometimes uh, it can get a bit heated. Sometimes, like when we had a, a female comedian on last week saying that the iPhone was too small for women's hands. Too big uh, for women's hands. Too, too big for women's hands, sorry. Um, it all got a bit out of control. It, it um, was... But let's talk to Nicola Thorpe because this is a much more serious story for me. It's not yes. one of those where you say, do you know what? Women are just being stupid or men are just no. being stupid. This is genuinely worrying. Uh, if basically two-thirds of uh, 13 to 21-year-old girls in this country say that they feel unsafe walking home alone, they feel that the, the, the world in which they live is terribly sexist and anti-women, it's a really worrying statistic. Nicola, very good morning to you. Welcome. Morning. Good morning to you too. Thanks, thanks very much for joining us, Nicola. I mean, it's, it's slightly worrying. It's, I mean, I've got a daughter who's a bit older than that now, so, um, mm. you know, maybe it doesn't apply to her. But if you're a parent, you must be really concerned um, about what kind of world we're creating here. Yeah, you, of course you're going to be concerned. I wouldn't even say that it's down to um, you know teenage girls or, or anything like that. I'm 30 next week, and I carry a rape alarm with me mm. at night time because of, I've been followed home on multiple, on multiple occasions. Um, you know, starting when I was probably like a teenager, and then even going, you know, growing up. And last time I think it was, it was a few years ago, I got followed to my my garden by a man on the way home, and 
I'm not saying that that's happening to every woman. I think speaking to most of my friends, we've all got experiences of some creepy guy following us or saying something abusive in the street or whatever. I just think women are now more aware of it happening and they are more likely to report it, which is the right thing to do. And that's why we're seeing a kind of surge in women's awareness of this kind of harassment and feeling unsafe. Yeah, and I mean, is it, as far as you're aware, something that's relatively recent? I mean, is this, because I mean, there's there's an argument that people make sometimes that the more, and I read a piece by Charlotte Gill in the Times the other day, the more that we try to to, to sort of insist on equality, and I don't mean that therefore equality is a bad thing, but the more that we sort of insist on equality, the more kind of difficult it becomes, if you like, because the gender differences in men and women come out more, um, and sometimes they come in, in ways which are not very nice. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. In, in, inherently, sometimes there are absolutely differences between men and women, and equality is not about treating men and women exactly the same. It's about treating them with um, an equal amount of respect, opportunities, yeah. etc. And I think that the more people become aware of it, it, it can be quite confusing. And I know there was another report brought out this morning about girls feeling more uh, less happy, less happy, at yeah, school yeah, and a bit confused. And I think I really get that because. You know, when I grew up, it was all about being blonde and big boobs with a skinny waist. And now we're having all these different kinds of body types shown to us, not just in mainstream media, but on social media. And on one hand, they've got, you know, people, we've got like razor adverts to shave your legs. And then other um, clothing campaigns, there's women who've got body hair. And it's kind of like, oh, God, we're in the teenage girls now who are growing up are in this, this quite exciting, I think, phase of there being a revolutionary change in how we treat women but unfortunately they're the kind of first generation of guinea pigs and I can imagine it's quite difficult Mm. particularly with them if their mums are like you know feel one thing but their peers might feel another I can imagine it'd be very it's very confusing. Mm. See that's a really good point that nobody has to my mind ever made before because we hear all the time that there's an awful lot of pressure on on young girls and young boys as well particularly with the social media problem with Instagram and WhatsApp and all of that um, and the stories that you have to put out every day to see how many likes you can get but nobody's actually pointed out as you have Nicola there uh, that there are an awful lot of different kind of images that you can aspire to be and that must be a bit confusing. Yeah, very confusing. And I, I mean, I like I, I'm, I'm a feminist, and I believe that we, you know, I'm, I'm about as as, as hardcore in, in that sense. Although I don't think it's hardcore. Um, that that sounds very hardcore. <laughs> it does sound quite hardcore. But I've also had my legs lasered. You know what I mean? And I went there, and I'm like, God, I'm paying money to be put in quite a lot of pain, so I don't have to shave my legs anymore. Am I a bad feminist? Does that work? Not. Does that work forever? That, by the way. It does, yeah, it's permanent. Because, you know, I found I only found this out the other day, right? And and apropos of nothing, sorry to change the subject slightly. That's if you right. get your eyes lasered, apparently you have to get them done again because all, oh, it, all it does is kind of keep it, them in a state in which they were in, but in fact they can still deteriorate. So maybe the hair will grow back. You never know. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I, was, I grew up and I, I remember I started shaving my legs at seven. But Nick, but Nick, sorry, Nicola. The point, (laughs) the point of the point of feminism is that every woman has the right to choose whether she wants to get her legs done or not. There shouldn't be proper feminism, isn't it? That's proper feminism. You have the right to choose how you live your life, what job you want to do, exactly. And I find it very interesting that the proportion of girls who say they're very unhappy has uh, um, halved in a very happy rather has halved in a decade, which is almost exactly the same at the time as social media is Mm. growing. So the more these girls Mm. are on social media they are unhappier they're becoming and yet it's these girls as you say they are the forefront of this so they are the sort of like you know the experimental ones but they're 
yeah. posting all these pictures themselves as well. And I yeah, find it definitely. quite shocking that some of the pictures they post on there, it's like, you know, oh, no, don't do that. You're going to regret that in years to come. But there's this constant competition between all the young girls to, you know, post the sexiest picture, the, the sort of look at my lifestyle picture. And it's going to of make course. it makes everyone feel inferior, not just other youngsters. Yeah. I mean, like 10 years ago, I would never have posted a selfie. I would have thought, oh, my God, how self-centered. Yeah, how, absolutely. Like, narcissistic. Yeah. And now I'm like, hey, I'm just doing this and here's a selfie. And you go through a kind of a change. You're affected by what's yes. going on around yeah. you, aren't yeah. you? Mm. So people feel like they, it's more acceptable and they can do this or they can do that. But like I said before, there are so many different images which, uh, which women are aspiring to, which is a great thing. But it can be really confusing depending on what's acceptable in your social circle, your family circle, yes. and kind of your community. Yeah. And as Mike mentioned earlier on, I mean, this is a survey, by the way, by the Girls Attitude Survey from the Girl Guiding UK. And it does mm. paint a worrying picture of young girls. I mean, they're sort of like, you know, age 7 to 21, these girls, obviously. And I think the more we have this whole hashtag me too generation, I don't want to keep coming back to that, but I think it has got a little bit out of control now. And the sex is... I think I think the how sex so? is what well, I think the sexes are sort of feeling increasingly confused about how to react around one another, and I think this is a lot to do with the girls not yeah, feeling the safe. The reason that the well, reason that the sexes feel like they can't, they don't know how to react to each other, is because they've been kind of enlightened into something that had happened that for, that women have known about for a long time, and men were generally speaking quite clueless about, unless they were perpetrators of this kind but, of practice. But we're we're talking about younger men as well who really shouldn't have that sort of like that whole Harvey Weinstein attitude from the 70s and I do think there is confusion now I mean I think that's why girls are feeling more vulnerable because to a certain extent they're they're almost making themselves become victims by sort of sort of like subscribing to well I am a victim so therefore I'm gonna behave like a victim and I do find that a bit worrying yeah that's worrying that's not a worrying part of the me too campaign that is that is down to people not being spoken to about it properly Mm. by their educators or parents And actually, it's really very clear what is and isn't harassment. And at the end of the day, my rule of thumb is if somebody says no or someone says it makes them feel comfortable, don't deny them that experience. Just say, okay, fine, and leave it. Yeah, Yeah, but actually, Nicola, you're absolutely right. And you're very clearly straight on this. And I think you've probably made more sense on this subject than anyone we've ever spoken to on this show. (laughs) Because I can tell you this, it is not very clear for an awful lot of women where harassment begins and ends. Because I've read Mm. many, many pieces Mm. in many, many different publications in which people say, um, you know, you're being harassed uh, if somebody's wolf whistling at you. I would never wolf whistle a woman in my life, okay? That's never something I would do. However, you know, is that harassment? I mean, is it harassment really? Uh, Is somebody kind of saying something to you in the street harassment? You know, lots of different people have lots of different views. Because they're all unique and you cannot flatly say saying X, Y, Z is constant. It will always be considered harassment. It depends on context. Yeah. And this is what people are forgetting. It depends on subtext. It depends on exactly. context. And that's what's confusing. Mm. At the end of the day, someone whistles at me in the street. I, I you know, I'm not going to think anything of it. But if it's a group of men and they're leering yeah. and they, they're wolf sure. whistling, mm. and other, you know, that feels threatening. Or if I'm alone at night, yeah. it's all about context. Mm. It's not black and white. But at the end of the day, there's not... I'm, sick of people saying oh it's pc gone mad whatever it's not it's actually really nice manners not not harassing somebody is actually just being being a polite decent human being which is no i totally i totally agree with you but you know if if i speak to a woman on the tube in some context or other because we're just having a conversation there are some women who will say that's harassment 
You know, and I I know that it's okay. not. I know that it's not. You know, but what I'm not. saying is, is that I'm you know I'm old enough to know better. But you know, there may be exactly. younger men uh, who are confused, mm. as Dawn says. Sure, but if you did strike up a conversation with a woman on the tube and she was giving you a lot of signals to say, "Leave me alone, I don't yeah. want to talk." And you pursued that. Yeah, that I would say was was terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. so, I mean, it's it might not be what you do, but you have to think. Okay, let me just put myself in the woman's shoes. Mm. No, Maybe yes, she just absolutely this every mm. ten minutes. Absolutely. Mm. But what I'm saying is, when we're still discussing something that you said, everybody kind of knows where harassment starts and ends. And the point is, we don't. We don't. Okay. Um, but the woman, the, for the person receiving it, I'm I'm fairly sure that um, when they say no, and then it's pursued. That's harassment, but that's but that's not to say that it's down to the woman to always say no. Men and women should be more cautious about they approach about how they approach other human beings. It is about treating sure one another with respect, isn't it? And the one thing I did Absolutely. find positive about this survey, uh, Nicola, is the fact that most of these girls do identify as feminists now, which is is a good Finally. thing. I'm, I'm not quite. I'm, I'm not. Cameron couldn't even say he was a feminist. I mean, you know, left about. Yeah, exactly, quite. But, I mean, the one thing I did find interesting as well is that more girls, and these are 7 to 10-year-olds, think the way people treat girls and women is affected by naked pictures of women in the media. Now, mm. obviously, I edited a, a tabloid for 15 years, and we did have page three girls. Now, as a feminist, yeah. I back women who want to go and work as page three girls to do that. That's their right. But yeah, I, I do find it confusing as an older woman who would be very wary about what I put on social media that these are the same generation of girls who are posting all sorts of pictures on social media of themselves and then complaining about women who choose to go and work as a page three girl. It's a mixed message there. Ten-year-olds complaining about page three girls. I don't think page. That's what this survey says. Compared to three, yeah, compared to compared to three girls seeing images, yeah, yeah, more girls aged seven to ten think. Yeah, more insightful than you think. I think it it suggests that maybe that they see that the reason why they are doing it themselves is because that's how they see older people doing it. Mm. Not just celebrities, not just people in the media, just probably their older cousins, their older, even their aunties, maybe their grandparents, you know, are posting photos of that ilk on social media. So they just see it as being normal. And at that age as well, everybody is so, so completely different. You're going through various different stages of puberty. You might have boobs or not have boobs or whatever, and that can be really, really, really mm. confusing. Mm. But we need to be talking about it so that young girls know that. I posted a photo of my stretch marks the other day. I'm not a kid, <laughs> I, just have, I have stretch marks on my bum, and they look like I've been struck by lightning. And I was sat in my pants at home just looking at them. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to post a photo of that because maybe there are other women who have the same thing on their bum. I don't oh. think you're a bit of an exhibitionist. Nicola, you're braver than me. Hey? I mean... well, you, couldn't, you couldn't see anything else. You could just see the stretch marks. It looked really cool. It looked like lightning strike. Uh-huh. But, um, you, but you know, people sharing that kind of thing as well. Well, that's the world like, we live in now, isn't it? I mean, it's very, very bizarre. Everybody overshares everything. But I tell you what, when I, when I take my, my, my son to school occasionally, um, when I'm down there uh, to do so, uh, the, the girls who go to the school, he's about 14, right? The girls oh. that are going to that school with him, I mean, you would think it was London Fashion Week, seriously. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're wearing a uniform, yeah. but they've got, you know, their hair is beautifully yeah. coiffeur. Uh-huh. They've all yeah, got designer, they've all got designer handbags. They've all got sort of, you know, what look like very un- uh, unsensible shoes on. Um, mm. You know, they, they, I mean, if, if they were not wearing school uniform, I would have no idea how old they are. But they're probably only about 14. Mm. That's not a new idea, though. No, I know it's not. It's, I, I'm not saying it is, but, 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 but you know, that's, that's the sort of the young women that I see. Um, you know, yeah. of young teenage girls who are absolutely all about the glamour. Well, then let's... It's not the girls' fault, is it? Well, no, no, it's no. The boys, of course The boys not. aren't doing the same. 
And so that's why... And, and I find oh, I don't know. My son about... spends quite a lot of time in front of the mirror quaffing his hair in the morning. <laughs> but you know. the, the irony is, obviously, this is the, um, the Girl Guiding UK, the survey is from, but I think more and more young boys are being affected yeah. by these sort of attitudes yeah. as well. I, I really do. I am hearing about that, mm. which is that the less and less women care about their appearance, the more that um, these companies and brands need to target men Targeting to boys. make their sales. It's interesting, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they've, yeah. All, they've all got gel in their hair nowadays. Yes. But, I mean, if, 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 I, if you were to see the, the, the girls going to this school, you would not think that they're not dressing up, honestly. I mean, it doesn't yeah, seem yeah, like yeah. that to me. But they're right? allowed to. They're, they're feminists. They're allowed to wear what they want they as long as it to. goes with the school uniform well, no, a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, they're children, actually. They're not allowed to wear what they want. They can't walk to school in a bikini. school uniform, as yeah. long as they're in the school but uniform, I said, what does Mike. that say about us as like a society trying to make these women look older and that somehow that their being over 18 is what gives them value and worth? Mm, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I blame the parents, as I normally do. Um, you know, <laughs> he blames parents for uh, everything. Well, I do, because if you've got children, you know, you're supposed to be somebody who teaches them how to be. You don't have to make them yeah. in your image. But, you know. Sure, 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 but it's really hard if you want to send your, your daughter to school and she's like, look, mum, dad, I'm going to get bullied if I don't wear this, that and the other. Like, they have to, they well, have then to surely you teach them how not, to, how not to be bullied, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, you, you, you don't go, oh, well, that's fine. Just wear whatever you like then in order not to be bullied. That's crazy. Then you might no. possibly punch the person that's trying to bully you and end up in more trouble yourself. Yeah, it's not better, that that's a personal experience. It's still better to all. punch them than to be bullied. No, I totally agree. You. Absolutely. You know. Things for yourselves. I feel like as kids, when we were kids, we just, well, our parents dressed us, right? Then when we were teenagers, as women, we dressed to impress boys. I only ever thought of, like, a clothes as to be something to... Um, make myself more attractive, mm. and then I hit sort of my mid twenties and was like, "Oh my god, I can I can wear my own clothes now <laughs> for the first time in my life, and, I, and not care." Isn't that a really cool thing? And I, I want teenagers to be able to do yeah. that as well. I think teenagers are always going to be teenagers, though, and teenage they girls. Are. We're never going to stop them doing what you know, rolling their skirts up so they're shorter. And maybe, and... How about this? Sure. Maybe just maybe uh, it's kind of in now to be unhappy. So when you get asked no. by somebody who's doing, hang on, when somebody's asking you if you're happy or not. You don't want to say you're happy in front of your friends. Oh. Yeah. Actually, they might, they might, they might think it's too, uh, it's too. Yeah, it's yeah. slightly That's edgy brilliant. to have issues these yeah, days, isn't it? it? Is. So I to be, you can imagine me being interviewed. Like, actually, I'm more. Um, I'm on a scale of one to ten. I'm kind of a melancholic six, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's something to that. I think I've hit on yet another great theory. But listen, <laughs> yeah. Nicola, lovely to talk to you. Thank, Thank you very you. much indeed for being so sensible, Nicola Thorpe, actress, women's equality campaigner, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Somebody ringing the bell. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Do me a favor. Open the door. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number to call us on. This is the Independent Republic of uh, Mike Graham. That song's been ruined for me by that bloody postcode lottery advert. Oh yeah, you know, irritating. Adverts, uh, you know, I can't listen to it anymore. No, it's very. It makes me think of all those Welsh people. Yeah, there's a whole list they, of songs I've got know, like that. I don't now. know why they they seem to always do adverts about people in Wales winning it, but I guess that's the postcode in question. There was another advert I saw last night which annoyed the hell out of me as well. But we'll come to that later on. Uh, we're asking you this morning about whether immigration has really altered your life, whether it has actually damaged it in some way, whether it's made your your uh, ability to get a job more difficult, because I don't really think that's the case, but I think we have to be very careful uh, about listening to uh, people like these uh, uh, independent migration advisory committee types who are telling us that, you know, Every um, immigrant that comes to this country from the EU is a net contributor to the economy because I'm sure that they can't possibly know that. Well, they seem to have the facts that back that up. But as you know, with facts and statistics... Well, you know me, I'm not are... a great believer in no, statistics, they, to yeah, be No, they might not always be 100% accurate. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got some great tweets here. Kevin says, I've worked with three Romanian boys, lovely fellas. They shared one room, paying £90 a week, and they sent all their money home. How is that helping the British economy? Well, you may well ask, and I mean, it may well be that they're paying tax, it may well be that they're not. Because yeah. we all know uh, in certain industries mm. in this country, for example, the building trade, yes. uh, the restaurant trade, you know, the delivery trade, yep. if you like. I mean, these are all jobs that you can be paid cash to do, yes. and nobody's paying any tax at all. Yes, and and we don't know how many people are actually doing that in this country, because we mm. haven't been able to keep track of no. those 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 type of bills. But there are an awful lot of people over here who are, like Dimitri, who are working, are paying their taxes, yeah. paying their dues, and contributing to the economy. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you think about your daily sort of, you know, doings, the things that you do on a daily basis, right? Uh, whatever it is, whether you're getting on a bus, which may be driven by somebody uh, who's oh, yes. an immigrant, uh, whether you get on a tube that may be being driven by yep. somebody who's an immigrant, you go to a sandwich shop to get your bacon roll in the morning, maybe cooked by somebody who's an immigrant, you know, you go to a pub later on, mm-hmm. you're going to be served by somebody who's an immigrant, you go to a restaurant later mm-hmm. on after that, you go to a shop, um, you know, there's all sorts of people Especially- who, if you, ch- if you kick them out, uh, are not going to, those businesses are going to disappear. Well, what's going to happen? I mean, if you live in a big city, that's often the case. I mean, mm. you can, as you say, go about your ordinary morning business and 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 not bump into our, um, another English person yeah. in, in whatever English people are these days. Yeah, right. But a lot of foreigners, which which is fine. And as you say, if we boot all these people out all of a sudden, the economy has to collapse. Yeah, of course. I mean, the thing that I have a problem about as well uh, is the idea that it's all very well saying immigration is a great thing. But if you're going to invite three million European Union immigrants here, and we haven't even counted yet the numbers that have come in from other parts yeah. of the world, mm-hmm. you've got to build more schools, you've got to build more hospitals, you've got to build more roads. You know, you've got to make the infrastructure capable of handling an extra few thousand, possibly millions of people. Well, so therefore we need probably more migrants to come in to help build those houses Maybe and so. roads. Maybe so, but the point is they're not being built. No. They're not, they're how, I mean, Theresa May this morning is outlining details of a new £2 billion social housing pro- yeah. programme, right? But of course, what you'll get from that is people saying, well, hang on a second, uh, isn't that social housing supposed to be for people in this country? Why are you giving it away to anybody else? Well, a, a lot of these migrants have been living in this country for a long time. Why they shouldn't? Why shouldn't they get social housing? Let's go to the phones. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Immigration, uh, good or bad? Here's David in Corby. Hello, David. Hello. Hi, yeah. David. Hi. What would you like to tell us, David? Well, basically, I think immigration 
generally is a positive thing for the UK. And the way I say that is because, first of all, um, I'd like to say that I'm a local politician. Are you? And that, um, yes, I'm from the Conservative Party, so don't hang me for that. Well, why would <laughs> I do that? <laughs> I it's still know. a democracy as far as I know. I don't think it's yeah. hanging your fence yet. <laughs> okay, uh, it was only a joke. Um, or my 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 tr- effort a joke. But basically, I'm married uh, a Slovakian. Okay. And that, uh, and if it wasn't for immigration, I would never uh, I would never have met her. And that. Uh, now the interesting thing is that uh, when she first came to this country, she came. She comes from a, um, a quite well-off family in Slovakia, so wasn't poor by any stretch of the imagination. But she'd just gone through a heavy divorce, so she start, decided to start a new life and came to Corby. And when she first came to Corby, she first thing she says, why are all the criminals here from Slovakia? Interesting. And that, um, but uh, which was a bit of a shock for her at the time. Right. And that, um, but uh, she's worked hard here, um, got, uh, got on for, she's been here now for just over 11 years, and that, um, uh, and got herself a good job and always worked. Um, but what I would say to you is that uh, most Im- immigrants, uh, not all of them, there's good and bad in every of society and every organisation. But generally speaking, they have a good work effort. You know, they want to they, they want to work hard, and they they sometimes some of them play hard. When they first came to this country, a, a lot of Polish people, for example, and that uh, they have a different sort of culture from what we have, um, and they tended to drink a lot, but they would tend to be young men. Yeah, yeah, and that, and uh, and uh, they, uh, they, they, someone mentioned it before in your program about the economic leak, where they sent a lot of their money back to their own country. Yes, mm. and that, uh, which which was very very true, but if you look at it now, it's very very different. A lot of them are families now, and also there's integration, like myself, who have married mm. uh, an Eastern European. So it's a lot lot different, and mm. that. Uh, and lots it is a lot states. different, but there's still good and bad, as as you quite rightly say, David. And the thing is that what I would like to see is the politicians of this country, Tories, Labour, whoever they may be, um, actually admitting the fact that not all immigration is good, though, because you know, yes, you can have bad apples, but we've got enough of our own homegrown bad apples. We don't need to import them, really. And also, we need to seriously think about building more schools, more hospitals, more facilities with more people coming into the country. And nobody seems to be saying that. Mm. Well, well, I absolutely agree with you. Infrastructure is extremely important. But yes, you pointed out democracy earlier on in our conversation. Yes, we live in a democratic country. Absolutely true. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But also democracy can have its ups and downs. Now, politicians, if you've got a career politician, I'm talking from my own experience here as well. As well. Mm. Um, politicians only, they'll, they're rightly so in some respects in that, trying put across what the people want that they're representing right. and I, you know but they're only there for they'll only do somehow what they think doesn't matter what they get if they want brexit and they think brexit you know is a good thing that's fine but a lot of the politicians i believe don't i, 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 I don't think theresa may wants brexit for no, one I, second. no i think you're absolutely right do you want brexit david but no no i don't want brexit i'm a remainer but okay. i'll tell you that i was a eurosceptic long before the referendum right and people think I changed my mind because I met a Slovakian wife, which is absolutely not true. What happened was um, I decided not to become a career politician. I changed my views. Mm. And that, so therefore, that made me... An area I live in is so... The demographics are not that high, although it's improving. 
and that uh, mainly support Brexit. And that, uh, so therefore, if I want to be have a political career, I'd have to support that view. Mm. And, that, uh, and I think, believe that's what some of the politicians do. So they're just thinking about their own selves, about where they're going to be in the future, not about what's good for the country. David, I can I just ask you? Sorry, David, can I just ask you a personal question? Has your wife taken British citizenship? No, she hasn't at the moment, but that's what she wants to do. Right, and, and are you, so are you concerned that if we don't get a, um, if we get a no-deal Brexit, what will happen to her? I mean, is there any chance that she could get thrown back out of the country? I don't think that will happen, to be mm-hmm. honest. And I don't. Well, think I hope it doesn't. But... No, I hope it doesn't yeah. as well. Because if they, if she wasn't have uh, uh, welcome here, then I wouldn't be either. I'd go. No, of course. Mm-hmm. David, listen, we've got to go David. now as well. Thanks very much indeed. David from Corby there, uh, who's married to a Slovakian. Uh, 0344 He says immigration uh, has made his life better. Uh, has it made your life better? We want to know. 0344 This is Talk Radio. Wake up, Maggie. I think I got something to say to you. It's late September and I really should be back at school. Independent Republic of Mike Graham, 0344-499-1000 is the number. A great uh, tweet here. No, uh, is it a tweet? Yes, it is. From Linda, uh, who says, how about this? Listening from our sun loungers in lovely Crete by our private pool, loving the Me Too feature. My daughter's 22, is a snowflake and a feminist, and I'm alarmed that a robust old bird like me has raised such a delicate flower. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of what I'm saying. I yeah. think that women are now creating themselves to be victims. Yeah. They really do. And I just it frightens me, because when they get out there in the real world, it's not all nice. You know, well, yeah, all to be looked you know, after. But you say that, but of course the real world has changed quite a lot, hasn't it? It is changing. I mean, the real world, slow. when you entered it, right, as a young reporter, aged whatever, 21, 22, mm-hmm. uh, working for a tabloid newspaper in what was a very, very rough industry in those days. I mean, it's very different now. I mean, you've just. It is very different. I mean, I'm, now. I'm not going to say you've left the business because you still write a column. I still and write we're going to talk about the column, which is in okay. the Daily Star today, uh, page 17. If you haven't seen it, uh, get your hands on it because it's got a great picture of me in it. Uh, which is the, not least of the reasons why you should be reading it. But, but I mean, the industry has changed. It for has be- changed. Probably for the better in some ways. It has changed for the better. In um, some ways. Yes. But in, in other ways, not so much. But because it's, it's still, like most businesses, it's still not, there aren't safe spaces. People aren't going to tiptoe around your feelings. No. People will tell you like it is. And I did, there was a piece in one of the papers today about lawnmower parents. Have you yeah. heard of this? Well, you know, I saw that line. I didn't know what a lawnmower yeah, parent well, was. Yeah, well, basically, it means you are so overprotective, yeah. as that uh, texter said, you're so overprotective of your youngsters that mm. you are creating a path for them to get sort of like, you know, from childhood to being a young yeah. adult with no obstacles, no upsets yeah. in their way. Right. So you sort of like... And also they it. don't learn how to do anything, no, do they? No, they don't. And then they are being, they are creating a sort of like wrapped in cotton wool. And it's you, you're doing a huge disservice to mm. that child, whether it's a boy or a girl. Yeah. By making everything so easy for them, mm. they have to stand on their own two feet. They have I think to it's understand. a very middle class thing because I think what has happened over the years, and we were talking about, you know, the working classes and immigration earlier on, uh, saying that maybe the working classes reflect um, the way that they feel about immigration mm. because they're the ones that maybe get affected mostly yes. by it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of the job se- mm-hmm. sector that they work in, in terms of the parts of the cities that they live in, yep. that kind of thing. But I mean, you know, there is definitely a sort of an expanded middle class now. You know, everybody wants to be middle class, and so many more people are middle class. 
and those are the parents who kind of overprotect their kids. Overprotect the kids. But I mean, that's why the, the column today is all about the class issue. And yes. obviously, there's been uh, two recent things. Obviously, the, the horrific Rhys Mogg yes. incident where that he. ghastly was, Ian Bone figure. Yeah, yeah, the anarchist, whatever he yeah. is, who was abusing Rhys Mogg's kids. No matter what you think of Rhys Mogg or his politics, you yeah. don't shout abuse at a six year old no. kid on the way to school. No, but again, this is, this is sort of tantamount to the world we live in, isn't it? Because we talk about this all the time that, you know, you are polarised one way or another yes. now. And I won't say the B words, and they don't like it, but that's kind of affected everybody um, about everything. It has. It it does colour everything, Mm. every single view on everything now. And then also you have uh, um, Keris Matthews uh, who presents a radio show on something I've never even heard of and wouldn't listen to because I'm always listening to talk radio because it's brilliant. Um, And she was uh, um, banning posh boy bands yes. because she didn't want to uh, um, encourage you but basically anyone that had a leg up in life by being like James privately Blunt. educated I mean I'm all for blaming James Blunt well, but I mean I, he's actually very funny on Twitter yeah no he is very funny and yeah. she banned Lily Allen as well I don't mind banning her no she's, she's banned no matter she's what she's blocked me on Twitter no matter what working class middle yeah. class upper class any case Keris is also uh, privately educated <laughs> So which, which I loved it's like hold on a minute love and you know at the end of the day why do you have to dictate which school people yeah, go what to? I said, well, you just play the music. Yeah. Why don't you just do that? But no, she was on a class high horse, mm. despite being in exactly the same bracket as the privileged people yes. she was having a go at. And of course, even more amusingly, what you then see, as I saw uh, following that particular sort of Twitter spat that was going on, because Piers Morgan was having a go about it, and oh, I think yes. she was having to go back. Yeah. Various people were saying, oh yeah, and isn't it typical for these kind of entitled, you know, privileged people to moan when something doesn't go their way? Well, I'm sorry, it's not something not going your way. It's a totally ridiculous and arbitrary decision that's been made by some woman uh, who, as you say, was herself privately educated, educated. former junkie, right, who decides she's going to ban people from the radio. Yeah, it's just, you know... It's astonishing. She she is paid to play music. That's all I want her to do. I don't want your politics, love. Just Mm. put a record on so I can listen to it. Yeah. Um, Also, it's a bit of poacher-turned-gamekeeper, isn't it? I'm never in favour of people who play music actually doing radio shows and playing music. No. They should be out there making more music, shouldn't they? Absolutely, yes. Instead of keeping people away from jobs in the radio industry. I, I I think, Mike, that her music might not be as popular as it once nah. was anymore, which is possibly yes. why she's over here taking our job. Do you know, she thing. once cancelled an event because of me, uh, because uh, right. down in uh, down in Wales, where she comes from, uh, she'd had a bit of trouble. She, I mean, Catatonia were quite a big band at the Absolutely, time. Absolutely, of course. And they were part of that whole cool Cymru thing that was going on, uh-huh. you know, with the Manic Street Preachers and, and all the other Welsh bands that were around at the time. And um, But she disappeared from view yeah. because it turned out that she had a problem with drugs, she right? Which, she, admit, which yes. she admitted later yeah. on. Um, and she was coming out of that and she decided to have a, a sort of a talk she was going to do somewhere. I think it was at uh, Celtic Manor, the hotel or oh, something yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, the golf That she was selling like. tickets for and it wasn't a music show. It was going to be her talking about herself and all this. And we were running the Welsh edition of The Mirror at the time. So we basically sort of tried to muscle in. Because it was of course. Good, you know, As you would do as good journalist. She found out that we'd got some tickets and she cancelled the, the event. She cancelled it. Didn't, instead of saying you can't come. She just cancelled it. Well, what about all the people that had brought tickets in good faith? Well, they had to get their money back. Oh, for God's sake. I mean, she's clearly been a bit of a snowflake even before snowflakes uh, yeah, before, were invented. Yeah, she invented snowflakes. Yeah. But what I'm confused about with both of these stories is class. What is class these days? Why are we all so still obsessed with it? And is does your class come from where you were born and how you're brought up? 
or the life you live now. Well, I, I think mean, it's about live... where you are now. Because that's Do why you? I always have an argument with you and anyone yeah, who claims see, I to disagree. be working class. I, I think it's where you come from classes, and how you're brought up. Yeah, but classes are mobility things, surely, because you can you can never become upper class, really. No. Because for that, you need to be born into some kind of landed gentry scenario. Yes. And we've spoken about this before. Yeah. When you meet people like that, and we've both met them in the newspaper business, you know, you could be friends with people who are sort of upper class. Yeah, but you're never But you're never part no. of their world. No. No. You know, they will never really be friends with you properly. No. Because they're only, it's like people that, like the Boris Johnsons of this world. You know, if you didn't go to Eton, he doesn't really want to know you. you I'm know. quite glad about that, actually. Yeah, Thank you probably, very much. Probably, I mean, I don't you're probably really a bad want... example yeah. to pick. Yeah. But I think there's absolutely every possibility that you become middle class having been working class. For example, my parents, right, both born very working class in Glasgow. My dad's dad was a, uh, had various jobs. He was a railway policeman for a while. He fought in the First World War. He looked after horses. Mm-hmm. You know, he never did anything which was other than working class. Yeah. My mother, the same. Her dad was a boiler maker from a place called Renfrew. But they both moved to London. My dad became a graphics designer for a newspaper. Mm-hmm. My mother was a teacher. Mm-hmm. Very middle class jobs. They lived in a very middle class mm-hmm. part of Hampstead. I was brought up very middle class. Mm. So I'm middle class and so are they. Even though but, my dad's no, honestly, now dead. I would say I would describe your parents as middle class. Yeah. But your background and upbringing is middle. Is, it's you know, middle. So your parents are working class. No. But your background is middle class. No, because they lived a middle class life. Yeah, but their the backgrounds and the, their core values are from that working no. class background. No, see, I disagree with that. I don't think your values are any different, no matter what class you're from. That is to do with your parenting, and that is to do with the person that you um, are. You're not. You see, that's the that sort of feeds into this nonsense that you know the working class are all salt of the earth types. No, 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 not. no. I don't agree with that. They're no. not. So, so okay. you don't get given values just because of your class. Okay, Mike, then what class would you describe Wayne Rooney as? Wayne Rooney is middle class. Right. Because he makes an awful lot of money and he lives a very middle class life. He's got a nice car, he's got a nice house, but I wouldn't say Wayne Rooney was middle class. You cannot tell me that anyone who makes £250,000 a week is working class. Do me a favour. Yeah, but he's... No, I'm sorry, I think he's working class. I just think he's got a nice car and a nice house. Well, so you're effectively saying that being uneducated is like being working class. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. I'm just saying his core values, his background were from that working class ethic. Yeah, they might they might have Whatever been. Whatever that is. His parents might have been working class. Yeah, but class, I don't think he's, he's middle not. class now. Of course he is. No, he's not. Well, what's his son? What's his son? Kai. Kai or Clay or whatever the whatever. other ones are called. Yeah. I think they are probably being brought up in a middle class. Right, so they've background. transitioned to middle class. Yeah, like you and your parents. Yeah. So I would say your parents had the working class background. You were brought up middle so class. So how come you the Rooney's, have still retained your working class roots, even though you have uh, transitioned to middle class? But I haven't. You, you have, no, you're on I TV. haven't. I'm saying my core You're on TV, you're on the radio, you edited a newspaper. How can you be you working can be, class? You can be working class and be on the radio. Really? Of course you can. No. Of course you can. How? Why not? You name me one working class person who's on the radio. Me. Was that any, anybody else? Um, no, I don't know that many people. Actually, Julia, Julia was pretty working Julia, class I think on the background. If you told Julia Hartley Brewer she's working class, she'd slap you. She went to an ordinary comprehensive school before Are she you went serious? to Oxford. Seriously? Yeah, she went to Oxford. Yeah, she's not working class. Well, she came from an ordinary school. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no difference. Yeah. I came from an so ordinary you're school. You're discriminating, and you're saying that working class people can't work on TV and the radio. I didn't say that. No, you are. You no. said no. You said if That's you're not on what t- I said. no, you did. If you said if you're on radio and TV, you can't no. be working class. No, you're not working class. No, you're not because I... you're making money and you're in a job which is not a working class job. If you want to be working class, do a working class job. Well, what's a working class job, Mike? A working class job is a working class job. You know exactly Which what it is. Which is what? Go on. Well, I'd say driving a bus would be a working class right, job. Right, okay. okay. I would say uh, working down a mine would be a working class job. Right, okay. I would say sweeping the streets is a working class job. Uh-huh. I would say being a hospital porter is a working class yeah, job. Yeah, but middle class people do all those jobs as well. Do they? Yeah. Like who? Well, I, I you're going to tell me somebody's a... a middle class road sweeper. Well, why not? 
not? Yeah, why no, not? No, I think you're all oh, confused. Oh, that's discrimination. I'm not confused at all. I, I think, think you need to write another column no, about people this. People, phone up here. Come on. What makes your class? Is it your background and the core values you're brought up with? What, or what's is a it core just value? Because you drive a posh car and live in a nice house and maybe talk on the radio. Come on, I don't think, I don't think you've got this one right. Well, I all. do. Well, give the number out. 0344 <laughs> Well, you should learn the number. You should have it ingrained in your head. 0344 Now, uh, when you were writing about you and I, which is hence the picture of me in the paper, which is my picture, uh, basically you were, we were talking about that great interview yesterday. We were talking about that. From yes. Cryonics UK. Yes, which is, is the, uh, the, the best interview you've ever done. Mm. I think, I and think, I say that on I think it was very there. funny. It was, it was very certainly funny. one of the funniest. And people are still talking about it now, which is good. Um, and that's why it's I've written about business. it. It's not a business, yes. It's not a business. It's a charity, honestly. Yeah. Um, and it was. And people are still going on about it. It's not a business, Mike. Right. It's not a business. The and, bit that people mostly find the most amusing is the, the argument we had about whether the person involved is dead or not. Yes. Because he was claiming they're not dead. I, I, I thought, <laughs> despite being working class, yeah. I thought I had a fairly good grasp on being alive, alive and being and dead. dead. Yeah. Well, you see, again, you, you're coming at me with this kind of inferiority <laughs> complex. You don't have to feel inferior because you're working class. I don't class. feel inferior to you, I Mike. think you do. No, I don't. I think you've got a massive chip on your shoulder. No, I don't feel inferior to you at all. Do you feel stuff. inferior to anyone? No. You see? No. Can't be working class. Yeah, working class. We're not inferior. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to Sean, uh, who's in gospel. He's got something to say about it. Sean. Hi, Sean. Good, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Don. Yeah, good afternoon to you. Oh, bloody guess. <laughs> see, <laughs> that's a, that's a, middle, Sorry. a middle class thing to do is Are to you? correct you there. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that, see? Really? Oh, is that because of your core values? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, Sean, what do you consider yourself to be? Um, oh, blimey. I'd, I'd probably say I was working class. I mean, I, I grew up in a... Uh, a social home um, across the water there in Portsmouth, so uh, most definitely be working class. I, I also consider that I don't earn the wages that the people at the top of society do, so I don't think they can really. What about your understand. job, though? Does your job not define you? Um, no, not necessarily. I don't necessarily think the job's the, the deciding factor here. There's, there's a lot to it. There's going to be your education, there's going to be your cultural values, your social norms. There's, there's, there's so much to what. Class. But why it's would your social norms be any different if you're working class or middle class? I don't get that. Because you may well have been brought up differently, Mike. It's, it's, yeah, it's but you're, so you're going to be another one of these chippy types who makes out that, oh, <laughs> only the working class have got any morals. What a lot of old cobblers. No, it's not. No, not at all. I don't, I don't think just because I've come from a certain background that my morals and beliefs and values are any different to yours. Right, so because you must be middle class then. Sure, and they probably are, by You the must way. be middle class then. No, no, definitely not. I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I think of one of these minions at the bottom of society just oh, working away, basically. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. But like I said, it's it's, it's a fluid thing. Um, and I don't agree with you about the money situation as well. I think if you're born into money, mm. you, you've certainly got a better chance in life because social mobility at the moment is just so rubbish, basically. I don't think that's true either. Do you not? No, I think social mobility is all down to the person who wants to be mobile or not. Mm, yeah, you, you could argue that, but I think if you're born into it, so to say you've got access to private education from, from the get-go, you've got a better chance because you're going to be in smaller class sizes. Yeah, maybe, but there's an awful lot of really useless uh, private schools. I mean, you hear about the very good ones and you hear about the very expensive ones, but there's an awful lot of them which are not very good, uh, which don't uh, actually cost the earth, but are actually not worth really going to. Yeah, but if I'm, if I'm at a school with an average class size of around 25 kids yeah. compared 
to another school, for example, in the area, and they've got an average class size of 35, that particular teacher's going to have... Yeah, but I mean, I'd stand to you, though, Sean. I'm a great believer in individualism and individuality, and I think if you complain about your lot in life because you went to a school that had 35 people instead of 25, uh, then you're a a dead loss to the world. What, What do you do for a living, Sean? Um, I'm a health desk administrator. That's my official job title. Health but, desk. Um, it sounds uh, middle class, that, to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the word desk involved it's got in desk, it, obviously. It's got a desk. Yes. It's got administration. <laughs> Do you have to wear a uniform? Um, no, I don't. There's another one. Right, um, there's another clue. Uh, right, OK. I'm quite lucky. I work from home, so I don't have to go to the office. Ah, there you go, you see. Ah, you got a com- nice. you got a computer? Uh, yes. There yep. you go. Uh, middle class, you're sort of sure. You're class. officially middle class. You're all, you're, you're not, you, you can join the same club as Dornos, you know, sitting there middle class as you like, pretending to be working class. Got a desk. Because you think it sitting gives you desk. some kind of street cred. Yeah, because working class people can't work on the radio. Obviously. Uh, no, I see again, again, with a chip on the shoulder. You know, you said it, not sure, me. thank you. I didn't say you can't. Did. I said don't. Do you, no, you said. I did you, not say you, can't. You I said can't. don't. No, because no, I said. Do you think then the working class? Well, have you thought of anybody work? yet who's working class? Yeah, on the radio? me. I keep telling you, me. Apart from you. Well, one's enough. One is probably yes. more than enough, in fact, <laughs> in this particular case. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show ten to one Monday to Friday on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.